0: if you need a miracle, raise your hand. If you need a miracle, raise your hand. If you need a miracle in your life, raise your hand. If you need a miracle in your life, raise your hand and begin to shut your eyes, forget about who you came with and begin to worship. And as you worship, God says I'm answering your prayer at home, I'm answering your prayer at your job, I'm answering the miracle you need in your finances, I'm answering the I'm answering a miracle that you need. I'm, I'm gonna become the miracle if you'll let me. Holy Spirit, we call upon you, and Lord, we put a demand on the supply. We put a demand on the supply, and I pray, God, Lord, that you would pour out your blessing, pour out your miracle, because you said, my well will never run dry. I'll give you waters that'll never leave you thirsty again. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you, God. Now, we're not here just to pretend church, play church, check our box for church, but God, we're here to become the church. Oh, let a movement begin in this service. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, you're so good, you're so good, you're so faithful. I want to read this scripture to you, Mark chapter 19, or sorry, John chapter 19, verse 25, let's put it up on the screen. John chapter 19, verse 25 says, Now there stood by the cross Jesus' mother, we all know her name, Mary, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, that's how you say it, and Mary Magdalene. Lord, we thank you for your word. It's going to be made flesh. You're going to unlock some new truth. And Lord, today, as a pastor, I'm not listening for claps. I'm listening for clicks. And the click will be when somebody's heart is unlocked, mind is unlocked, spirit is unlocked, truth is unlocked, and something's going to click in somebody's life today. And Lord, I thank you that you came to set the captive free. And if it's a lie that kept that lock on us, it's the truth that will set us free. And I thank you, Lord, that your truth is powerful. Your word is sharper than a two-edged sword. And Lord, you are about to do a miracle in somebody's life. And Lord, we thank you that we won't just believe it all, but we will conceive it. And there'll be a conception that takes place, God, for more than just that, more than just in our head, but in our life. And and Lord, you said out of us will come the wellspring of life, that something will birth through us and out of us. And I thank you, God, stir something up. I pray that you would feed us today. Not from Landon, Landon doesn't have enough, but from your Holy Spirit that you might bring us to the Lord's table and we might come prepared fork and knife in hand with an appetite because according to the level of our appetite will be the meal that is placed before us the reason we have a lot of frustrated Christians is because we belly up and we only want ice cream and we're wondering why we only get ice cream and we never get what we really need it's because your appetite needs to change I want something more something tangible I need something deeper in my life. I need something to change my life. I need to stop going to church and feeling like I went there and felt nothing. Totally disconnected. Didn't feel a thing, didn't think a thing, didn't change a thing. I want to belly up to this table, and I want to leave full. I want to leave satisfied, and I want to leave different than when I came in. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody shouted a good amen and gave God some praise. Before you're seated, find three people this time and tell them, I'm hungry. I'm really hungry. I want you to also open your Bible to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 talks about uh, how everything changed. Everybody say change. Uh, the church changed in Luke chapter one, and, and I'm going to I'm going to just begin. I might dip my toes into this today, uh, but uh, we'll we'll get that here in a minute. But I want to conc- I want to kind of conclude, or really continue in a in a in a more uh, depth uh, filled dis- uh, in direction uh, with what we've been talking about. And we've been talking about culture, and not only culture but team culture, uh, because team culture uh, is a culture that is engaged. Uh, team culture is a culture that says you're not alone. Um, for those who are streaming online, let me just tell you, we don't do church alone. We, we don't do church alone. We don't do church alone. And I know you're streaming at home and maybe you're in a different state and you got nobody who lives next to you, but I know you hang out with people. Ain't. There's not a single person who's gone through this year and a half and not met with somebody so whoever you're meeting with, you might not be going to church in person, but you call that crazy person up that has been meeting you for lunch, brunch, and going to the salon together. And you go to church together at your home because you cannot do church alone. Can't. You're two or three together, there I am in the midst of them. So you have to do church together. So team, team is, is a, a greater concept that Jesus gathered a team of 12. We talk about how the church began with 12. We talk about how we all need to have our team, our top five. If you never heard me preach it, you can go back into our archive and look who's your top five. Because if you show me your top five, I'll show you your future. And you have to be able to shape who is around you. Now, we talk about these four people out of the five that were there, including Jesus. When we have these four people, it shapes something around the cross. And if it's around the cross, it should be around your life. I want you to write that down. If it's around the cross, it should be around my life because it's pretty important. The cross is the pinnacle of our faith and where everything transformed for us. Then I think it's important for our life and for our everyday life. Uh, because we started talking about team culture uh, a couple weeks ago, and I used this as the launching pad, uh, pad to talk about this. And so, if you haven't heard that first part, you can go to it later this week and you can listen to part one, and today is part two. And we may juxtapose and go into a segue of church culture, which is Luke chapter one. But let me just kind of recap what we've covered. When we talked about culture, we talked about being more than just. Um, A word. It's it's something that's almost elusive and difficult to define. It was the number one uh, word search in 2020 culture. Uh, what is culture? What is social culture? What is uh, a cancel culture? And I'll talk more about that in a minute. What is, what, is this, what is their culture, my culture? Most people don't understand that your culture shapes your goals and your goals shape your future. But if you don't even know your culture, you'll never have the right goals. If you don't have the right goals, you'll end up at a place of your future that you don't even know how you got there or why. Because you couldn't. But I, if I said, hey, what is your culture? You would say, ah. Uh, and most people don't know how to define their culture. I'm gonna help shape your culture, is that okay? And, and not not shape it for you, but give you give you an outline to to work from, a, a, a platform to launch from, and say, This is how I shape culture around me. And you gotta get the right role players. Because again, team culture is playing a role. We all have a role to play, even in church. The pastor's role is to teach, but the church's job is to preach, too. We have this kind of ebb and flow, back and forth, where I say hallelujah, you say amen. Right? God is good. And all the time. Oh, there we go. Now we're ready. Where's my handkerchief? Preach it, brother. We have a, we have a symbiotic relationship. Because everybody, you may have grown up in a different culture of church where you look at people who shout amen like my wife, and you're like, oh, keep it down. I'm taking, I'm taking notes. I'm, pay- I- I'm paying attention. They're just shouting, right? And you grew up in a culture that was quiet. You may have grown up in a culture like me, and I grew up in a black church. I grew up in a, a very charismatic church where I, my pastor always got up, and he knew how to preach the word when he started from the back. When you heard that, oh, all of a sudden, you knew somebody's about to do the Jericho march all around this place and you get excited let me just encourage you in this change your culture just because you grew up with it doesn't mean it's right i like both i think in psychology it teaches us that you ought to have two major parts of your life expressive and reflective if you're lacking one of the other you're lacking true growth you have to be expressive and reflective. Reflective is take good notes because you take what God is saying to you seriously. Expressive is I know how to give a good yeah. amen because you have to be expressive. Uh, 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 if you just have an inlet and no outlet, you're a cesspool. If you have uh, an outlet and not enough inlet, you're a dry dead bed. So you have to have you have to have both in your life. Okay, is that, that's just free. That's not even part of the message. Won't charge you for it. Now, the rest of this, you're paying for (laughs) it. But here we go. So when you talk about team culture, and I you can talk about it for days, but when you look at this team culture that he had around him, he had the right people around him at the cross, most difficult moment in his life. And he had Mary. We talked about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Write that down. She represents the first piece of the role players that you need to have in your life, and that is a culture creator. Write that down. A culture creator. You need to be a culture creator. You need to have people who are culture creators in your life. The church is called to be a culture creator. We're supposed to step out and create new culture, create new ideas, but be the most creative, ingenuitive people on the planet. But yet we're always looking for somebody to come up with the newest type of phone instead of us. And we're looking for somebody else to come up with the newest type of creativity. It's always going to be somebody else until you decide you're going to be the answer instead of waiting for somebody else to be the answer. Somebody said amen right there. Because God didn't create you as a problem. He created you as an answer. And you need to see yourself as such. And so you are a culture creator in your life. And Mary was a culture creator in her life. She showed up around Elizabeth and John left in her womb. And it was a culture of life-giving. And it was, she showed up at the wedding and it was a culture of the miraculous of Jesus' ministry and calling greatness out of Jesus. Because she said, Jesus fixed this problem. And so you need people in your life who say, you can do more. Amen. You're better than that. We'll talk more about that in a second. Then the second person we talked about was Mary in the middle. Something about Mary. This weird Mary Cleophas. This Mary that nobody knows about. This Mary that was just mentioned really one time in scripture. I could preach on this for a while, but let me just talk real quick, real quick about this. When you talk about this Mary, it's easy to identify yourself if you'll see it. You could see this Mary and say no one talks about her And you could say, did she really make a difference? And you could connect the dots of your own life and say, does anybody even know me? Do I even make a difference? If I died tomorrow, did I make an impact? Mary of Salome was mentioned once. And they named her a midwife. They gave her a nickname. Anybody have a nickname? They gave her a nickname, Salome. And when they called her uh, Mary of Salome, it was Mary of Peace. And peace, we talked about, at the most elementary, basic, rudimentary level, means a lack of violence and war. But really, in its full picture, it means to make whole, to connect the dots. And that's why, here, let me, you ever heard the Bible talk about how Jesus is the Prince of Peace? So if it make, doesn't it make sense now? Because they said when Jesus comes back, it's like he's riding and there's blood trails and there's, he's got a sword and a white horse and he, it doesn't sound like a nonviolent kind of return. It sounds like a massive return and he's going to take a hold of the devil and show him exactly what's up. But let me just tell you, it doesn't mean a lack of peace or lack of war and yelling. It means that Jesus is coming into your life and he is going to say what you didn't make sense when you were a kid and taking advantage of what your family went through, what your what your mom and dad went through, when all the bankruptcy in the financial issues, I'm going to turn it around and I'm going to connect some dots for you because I'm going to make connection, I'm going to connect, I'm going to make whole in your life what didn't make, what nobody else can make sense of, I'm going to make sense to you. That's why James chapter 1 says to anyone who goes through trials, ask God because he'll give generously to wisdom, generously to all those without finding fault. So be a culture, number two, be a culture connector. Write it down. I should see... Write it down. Culture connector. Why? Because if you don't write it down, you're 42% less likely to accomplish it. If you don't write it down and tell somebody, you're 72% less likely to accomplish it. When you write it down and you say it, you're going to do it. Be a culture connector, a culture connector who says, you know what, I'm going to take the peace that I have and I'm going to go over here to somebody who's in total chaos in their mind. I'm going to go over here to somebody who's hurting and I'm going to bring the healing of Jesus in me and I'm going to bring healing to their life because I'm a culture connector. The difficult place that you're going to be in is that you're going to end up finding yourself dealing with people who don't want you. What do you do when you're trying to help somebody and they stiff arm you? What do you do? what, What do you do? It's called the swim move in football. They stiff arm you, you just and let them on go. And you just swim on by and say, swim on by because somebody needs to hug that cactus and you may be the only one who can. And you need to get into their life because while they think they don't need you, they need you more than they could ever express. And most of the time that somebody puts a stiff arm to you is because the last person has dug a dagger so deep in their back, they don't know if they could handle it again. But they need somebody to do a swim move of love, a swim move of grace, a swim move of compassion and say, hey, I might get pricked by this little cactus, but you know what? It's worth it. And I'm gonna hug them, love them, and see them through to their healing. Give God some praise right there. If you believe that you're a culture connector, people who don't like church, don't want to go to church. Don't want to go to a new church. Don't go to what I want to go to a life giving church, a growing church. Some people like dead churches because they're not challenged. I don't have, I'm not going to go there. Okay. So we're we, we, we like, life-giving culture is, is, so, is so powerful and it's so deep. But then let's get to the third one. The third one's new territory. The third one is new territory because it's Mary Magdalene. We haven't talked about her. Mary Magdalene is one of the most controversial women in the Bible. Hands down. More than anybody. Super, why? I'm glad you asked. Let me explain. She's controversial because She's wealthy she's wealthy. And then they started calling her an apostle to the apostles. Oh, wait, 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 wait. She's got money. She's a woman. She's single and she's a leader. Oh no, no. Jesus must've there. Let's dig. The early church had to disqualify her in order. They had to give a caveat to her. Oh, the reason Jesus let her close and she had money is because she's a whore. Yeah. She's a prostitute. Oh, that's why. So the not, not when the Bible was written, he just spoke to her and delivered her from demonic oppression. That's all that the Bible talks about. But then in 566 AD, the church couldn't figure out how a woman was crushing it and doing so well. So they said, let me go ahead. and And you know what? It's probably because Jesus pitied her. It's probably because I'm going to make it real right now for every woman in this building. Have you ever heard this phrase? Oh, she's really smart for a woman. Or no, no, maybe not that one. No, she's really strong for a woman. For she's she's a great leader for a woman. Allie preaches every once in a while, and and she gets up there and preaches like, man, she's good for a woman. I want to invite everybody to ever say that. There's your door. Because God did. God didn't give you a caveat. God didn't say, oh, the only reason you're good. No, no, no. God said, I created you. Fearfully and wonderfully made in my image. You don't need a tagline. You don't need a caveat. You don't need a. And for men too, men. Oh, oh, he's only. Oh, he's pretty good from the family that he comes from. Oh, he's doing all right for I guess his background and how poor he's been. Oh, he's doing pretty good for not having an education. Oh, damn the devil in the words that he speaks. God didn't put a caveat on you. God didn't put an addendum to you. God, but he didn't have to put a little pity mark on you. He said, no, you're incredible. And people, oh, I, lo- I want to preach. Can I preach? People won't be able to explain, oh, how are they so smart? How are they so good? Oh, you got to know who God is in my life. How, how are you so so? How is Bridge Church growing and thriving even in the middle of a pandemic? Oh, you got to know how good God is. Not because of me. Not because of our worship. Not because of our lighting. Not because of our building. Lord knows that. But it is because of the grace of Jesus Christ in my life. Oh, give God some praise if you know what the grace of God looks like in your life. Because I, I don't need somebody to say, oh, he's good for a, a boy who's got all those issues. Oh, he's he's a good preacher for a white kid. No, 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 no. Skin color has nothing to do. With, oh, man. Skin color has nothing to do with the way I am passionate about Jesus. I love Jesus, and I don't need to be... a. a God has shaped me and formed me perfectly. Yes. And I don't need to have an excuse attached to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to give you the third one. Are you ready? Yes. The third point is this. You need a culture changer in your life. Oh, yeah. You need a culture changer in your life. Like, you need, you, you need it more than the air you breathe. I'm going to give you another word. Under, under that, write down this, a culture agitator. Now, without elbowing anybody... Who knows a button pusher? Who is a button pusher? Who's the sinner? Who'll be? I'll be honest. I'll I'll raise my hand. Come on. Who's Dan? You're a button pusher. Come on, raise your hand. You guys are a button pusher. Yeah, big man. You're a we're button pushers. I love being a button pusher. I just love it when somebody looks like they don't want to hug me. I'm like, come here. Give me a big old hug. Because I'm not intimidated, and and, you know, I want to give you this too. Anybody who's ever thrown stones at you, it's never been from above you. It's always beneath you. So if anybody's got something to hate on you about, you probably need to pity them and feel bad for them, and more like more than pity, I correct myself, have compassion upon them. I've never had anybody throw stones from above me. I've only had them thrown beneath me. So on that note, you got to have a culture agitator, culture changer in your life. Someone who says this is this is just because it's all been a male world up until now doesn't mean it has to stay that way. Just because you only allow the them to put their writings in the canon of scripture doesn't mean I'm not a leader. Mary Magdalene was one of the greatest leaders in Scripture, and the Bible teaches us that probably her wealth is what financed Jesus' ministry all three years after he delivered her. So you talk about a powerful, incredible, generous woman. She said, I'm gonna change the culture you think i'm gonna change the culture you feel i'm gonna change the culture and i'm gonna become something you said i shouldn't and i hope somebody has a friend in your life that says you're better than that oh that says it we can do better than that how we can do church oh we can do church better than this we we, we come to church and we pray and we worship and we expect to leave here and not see god what are we doing here Why are we having church if we don't see a miracle walk out every week, if we don't see a sign walk out every week, if we don't see God show up every week? I'm tired of the old church just because that's the way you're used to it. I want a culture changer in my life that says, you know what, let's turn some things around and let's see God move every time. I want to go to church and feel inspired every time, feel transformed every time. I don't want just information in my life. I got plenty of information. I need some inspiration to the depths of who I am to change me. Oh, yeah. I want a culture changer. This is just Flagstaff isn't loud like that. We're more organic. You know. You need to tell There's never been a spirit-filled church over 250 people, and to be at 800 people is crazy. There's never been a church that, that, like, in three years has seen the growth that we've seen. There's never been a church that was, I was just a random dude in town and some man walked up to me and said, Hey, I feel the ministry of God on you. I want to give you my church so you can continue the ministry of God. That's never happened. But if we continue to only base what could happen on what has happened, we won't become the oh, we won't become the culture changers that we're meant to be. Well, my family's always been like this, my mind has always been like that. My my I, my i my heart is all my attitude, my personality. Oh, this is just always how I've done it. Somebody slap somebody near you and say, You better change your culture. Come on, slap the other person twice as hard and say, You better change your culture. Because we gotta have a culture changer we got to have a culture. We're waiting on the White House to change it. We're waiting on everyone else to change our culture. We're waiting on a movement outside of his house. But let me tell you that every revival and every great change and every great awakening starts in his house and breaks out into every house outside of here. It never starts out there. It always starts in here, Every, 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 every movement. Education was a movement that started in church education. Why? Because they were telling people that as long as we could keep you not knowing and ignorant, we can always rule over you. So the church said, let's talk. Let's teach some people. Let's educate some people. Because if we educate the people, we can free some people. It was freedom for black people. It was freedom for women. It was freedom for others. Why? Because they said, I'm not listening to the way culture should be. I want to change culture to what it can be. And I'm here to be a culture agitator and push some buttons and say no more. I'm going to change it. I've got this young role of, uh, row of mosing girls. And every time I preach a message like this, I think of those girls. And I think of those girls saying, oh, no, they're going to grow up in a world that says these girls are going to change the world, run the world, own the world, make it happen. I'm, when I'm preaching, my little baby is 15 weeks 15, old. Okay, my wife always corrects me. 14 weeks old. But I know that, that that's the a pastor in me, the evangelistic. The baby in there can now hear me. And I, I don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet, but I'm preaching so that when that baby comes into this world, that baby is cha- it, it, the culture is shifting to empower new generations and new life and new ideas and new direction. Not so it's good for me, but so it's good for those who are coming up, because that's what real culture changers are. Culture changers are the guy who decides, I'll be the bad guy for now so that you can become the good guy later. I'll push your buttons now so that you can be a champion but then you can not like me but love Jesus. I don't need you to like me. I need you to love Jesus. And some... Oh, I'm like, one time I was preaching in Lake... H- Y'all know me. I like to go out. It's been a while since I've been able to touch everybody because of COVID, you know. Uh, but I walk the aisles. I like to do that. Big church, small church. When I preach... Any church I preach to. Anyway, so I like to do that while I was preaching in Lake Havasu at our church in Lake Havasu. When I was doing that, I decided. Uh, were you there that day? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So it was there a wonderful girl from Lake Havasu? She j- jumped into this church. She's incredible. <laughs> Destiny, that's her name. Destiny. Oh, anyway, that's a whole message in itself. So then, we're we're or I'm preaching in Havasu, and you know me. I just if I see somebody looking weird or crazy, I'm like, you. <laughs> I'll go find them, and I'll find I'll point them out. Uh, and some of you are like, ah. Oh. But, I, like, this one guy was sitting in the back row, and he had his arms crossed, and he was literally doing this. <laughs> Audibly. And, and like, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Okay, so I'm just up here walking around. I'm like, and I'm preaching my point. I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm preaching about Jesus is good. God is faithful. Don't you love Jesus? Don't you think how good he is? Oh, give God some praise if you know what I'm talking about. And then I was like, bam, and slapped him right in the chest. You know how good God is. And then walked right out. He goes, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because you need somebody who'll be just like Jesus did to Peter and said, Peter, get behind me, devil. You're better than that. I'm going to challenge you, and I'm going to check you, and I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Because what you want to hear will only pacify your flesh. But what I've got for you will satisfy your soul. And God, if you will allow your heart to let your walls down, You can see culture change in you first. Because if it doesn't change in you first, it's not going to change anybody. Now, the next person I want to share with you, Josh, with a band. No. Yeah, Josh, come on up here. Band, come on up if you're still here. Uh, uh, I almost said Josh. John. John is the fourth character. He's not mentioned in verse 25, but I want you to write John. And he's the fourth role of your team. He's the fourth role of this team. We have people who create culture. Oh, man. Mike and Jenny are coming into this house, and they're incredible, and they've got great ideas. And, they, and I said, hey, why don't you help us with marriage ministry and launch some stuff? And, and they're going to help us do that. Culture creators. Kim, Kim came in here and we didn't have, we were like trying to figure out how to get first impressions team. And Kim said, let me run the first impressions team. Let me get it all smoothed out. And now most of you have been welcomed in this church with loving, open arms because someone created the culture. So then then, then, you have, then you have culture connectors and you have people who, who are quiet and they're, they're, they're a little on the timid side, but but they're, they're, they're sitting over there quiet. And then yet when they see someone else quiet, they kind of wander over there and they, they want to connect with them so they don't feel like they're alone here. And, and, and somebody who knew walks in the door, then they, hey, come on, come on, sit with us and let's, let's connect the dots. Joseph is a culture connector. And you do all the, you connect the culture. And then, then you have these culture agitators and culture changers who are people who fight for culture, the right culture. And then last you have John. And man, think about these women. You have Mary who birthed Jesus, okay? You have Mary of Cleophas, she's powerful. And then you have Mary Magdalene, the most influential woman in the Bible. Crazy. And then you have John. And he's young. Do you think John may have felt a little intimidated? I would. I'm a, I'm a man. You're women. Know your place. That's how insecurity sounds. And then so then you're like, oh, okay. And John's sitting there, but he's trying to feel like he's good. And and, and and sometimes I feel like we can feel like that in our roles that we play. And if you're not careful, you'll disqualify your role because you'll feel like a little kid at a big kid's table. But let me just tell you, John's about to change the world, even though he was a young man. And you may feel like you're not equipped and you don't have it all and you're not as successful as other people and you don't know as much as other people around you. But John was about to transform the entire Western Hemisphere by what was in him. And if you'll understand that you have something incredible in you that you need to take with you everywhere you go, you'll fulfill the purpose God has called you. And point number four, culture carrier. I want you to write another subword for their culture expander. Stretch it. Take it. Go further. I, I don't. I'm not satisfied with three full services. I want seven. I'm not satisfied with ten thousand square feet. I want fifty. I'm not satisfied with two and a half acres. I want 30 acres. I'm not satisfied with a $1 million dream. I want a $50 million dream. I'm not satisfied with with doing a little touch of flag. Oh, we're impacting Flagstaff. People are coming to church. No, I want to change the whole city. I want to change Northern Arizona. I want to change our whole state. Oh, but you got got to, oh, 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 oh. I literally had somebody come into this church attend for months and then uh, asked for a meeting with me and said hey I want to meet with you Uh, I feel like I'm a man of God who has a word from God for you and I was like this should be interesting and he said God told me to tell you to stop God told me to tell you to slow down the church shouldn't be bigger and I was like oh well man I sure wish God would have told me the same message because I'm pretty sure that the Bible says, let everything be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And it seems like he just told one person and nobody else. So I beg to differ about what spirit you may have heard. And I don't I don't receive it because I know my word. I know my purpose. I know I'm called. I know I'm gonna expand and grow and carry and take and build and do what God can only do in my life. Because I'm not gonna be limited by people who have small thinking small mindedness stay standing I'm going to close stay standing stay standing or else I'm going to keep preaching all day you you have this opportunity to break out of the small minded prejudice you've always been in I just don't like church like that Jenny I'm so used to like CCV and CCV is so big and this is such a small building prejudice what good can come out of Nazareth world changers what good could happen in a little building on Lake Mary what good could have, what, 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 I remember churches, Pastor Mike Hayes a Covenant Church, they started in a little bank. What good could come from a little man in a bank building? I'll tell you what, 20,000 members and a world-changing ministry. Oh, oh, what good could come from a little man sitting behind a camera who doesn't really know how to preach and is terrible in front of people? I'll tell you who, Joel Osteen and changed the world by the millions. Oh, what good can come from T.D. Jakes, a little Virginia pastor with a hundred people? I'll tell you what, millions of lives change because God says, I'm going to take the small things and I'm going to confound the wise. I'm going to take what you think is itty bitty and I'm going to expand your thinking. I'm going to be a culture expander, a culture carrier, and I'm going to take it far beyond. And out of a thousand people that call Bridge Church their home, let me tell you this. There's not a single person that we need in this place and a part of this church that thinks small. We need everybody dreaming big. We need everybody thinking big. Bigger than you've ever thought in your life. Challenging the way you've always done things, felt things, believed things. I don't need your old doctrine. We don't need your attitude. This team can't afford bad attitudes. You got a sour grape? We're going to squish it and make some wine. <laughs> You you, you need to change. That was just straight from the Holy Spirit right there. Uh, We just, we need, you hear what I'm preaching though. We need to be culture carriers. Where can you take the gospel? I feel like some people put the gospel, the Great Commission on quarantine, on hold, on pause, self-contained. And God said, I don't remember ever saying that. I need you to, if you're tuning in, click and share, tag somebody. I need you, if you show up to church, never show up alone. Come with somebody. If you came alone, find 10 people to come with next time. Don't bring somebody. Pastors used to say, oh, bring a friend next Sunday. Forget bring a friend. Bring a freaking carload. Bring everybody you can bring because you know what? We're here to change the world. And, and, and and, And the world works in addition. We work in multiplication. And God always multiplies. And I believe God wants to shift some things and change some things and we're going to have to get into Luke chapter 1 next week. But I, I want you to, we're going to talk about church culture and I'm going to have to reshape, you're going to have to let me reshape some old culture. Because God wants to shape some things to make it work for where he's taking us, not for where you've been. I wish church would just go back the way it. I wish things were. Just, I wish it was just like my church at home, and this is a church and that church. No, 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 no. Get rid of it. God's got to reshape some things, and if He can reshape it, He can shape your future into a beautiful, bright destiny. Amen. Destiny. Yeah, we have this. We have this God who can shape a bright, beautiful future, but He only can do it if you allow Him. And I pray you'd let your guard down say okay god i want to what's my role come on i want you to think about that what's my role well, am i a culture creator in this body of christ am i a culture connector am i a culture changer agitator am i a culture carrier who am I? And what is my role? Because this is not a spectator sport. This is not a voyeur. This is where you engage and you become a part of the team and play your role. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Lord, in Jesus name, I thank you, God, for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to do. God, I pray that you'd open up the stiff heart. Lord, I pray that you would break down the walls and I pray that you would speak straight to the depths of who we are. And I pray that we would uh, receive the role That you want us to play. Receive the role that we're meant to do. Oh, I pray the subculture creators arise. We, we need to celebrate recovery. We, we need to enhance Lord some ministries and launch some new stuff and we need to do some new things and we need to do some new directions and God, we don't need the same old ministries we've already had. We need some new ones. God, we need some culture creators and Lord, we need some culture connectors. God, who say hey, let me connect the dots. Let me be a bridge between Lord those who need help and those who have help and Lord, let me be the bridge Lord on serving on a team, being a part of this church and this ministry. Let me be the bridge that you've called me to be. And Lord, let me be a culture changer. God, let me be a changer that says, hey, we can do this better. I want to improve some things. I want to I want to make something better, shine better, look better, feel better. Lord, I thank you, God, for new creativity. God, I thank you, God, Lord, for change happening. I thank you for a, a challenging spirit, God, coming a part of this church to say we can always grow and we can always do better. And, Lord, I thank you, God, that we're having culture carriers take up an assignment today that they will always carry the gospel wherever they go. They'll always expand the kingdom and the ministry of God wherever they go. And God, they will never be limited by small thinking and safe living, for it never pleases you. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you're going to expand and grow and take us to a new height, to a new direction. You're going to go beyond in 2021. And we thank you for it with every head bowed and every eye closed i believe that there's somebody in here and online that wants to receive jesus as their lord and savior you've run away from god maybe you've never given your heart to god you've turned and said i'm living my own way and you've you've rejected the things of god and today the word is speaking deep into the conviction of your heart and is saying now's the time to turn your life back over now's the time to give me your heart and if that's you And you want to surrender and submit to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want you to raise your hand right now. Nobody's looking around. Thank you for those hands going up. Come on. I know there's a couple more. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Lord, in Jesus' name, thank you for those hands in the back. Lord, thank you, God, for the hands being raised, the hands online, the hearts that are open. And for every hand raised and heart open, Lord, you're going to minister and bring eternity to them. And so for everybody under the sound of my voice, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father. Forgive me of my sins. I'm forever yours. And I am saved. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout it. Amen. Let's receive it. Amen, amen. Let's give God some praise. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices when one person turns their heart to God. And if you didn't know it by now, you're a part of heaven. And we all rejoice when somebody gives their life to Jesus. There's nothing worth celebrating. That is the greatest point of celebration in your life. And it's phenomenal. And I'm so thankful many of you gave your life to Jesus today. If you want to see our information desk after service, we have a Bible for you. We want to equip you and help you on your walk of discipleship. For those online, just message us. We'll mail you a Bible, a 21-day devotional. Whatever you need, we're going to equip you for the good work of the Lord. So we're thankful that you tuned in. And we just want to also take a moment to thank all of our guests who have been here today with us. Can we thank our guests? Make sure to show them some love, give them a hug, and thank them for being here online. Make sure you thank everybody who's new tuning in today. But we're so thankful for what God has done and what God will do. I can't wait to see you next Sunday as we go into that next piece of church culture. Let's speak this bridge declaration together and be dismissed. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best because I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you. We're so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, email us at info at and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at to share some information so we can get that gift out to you we're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together